I feel more lively now that we've <laughs> bitched for 20 minutes. <laughs> Welcome to Red and Barricades. My name is Nimo Martin. I use they them pronouns. I am your host. And this last weekend, Stevie and I went to karaoke with our friends. And one of our friends started singing some Taylor Swift songs. And we stared blankly <laughs> at it until we could make it relate to. That's right. Lemis. <laughs> I think to the joy of everyone around us. Yes. Who got to experience us building a narrative in real time. Yes. Who kept being like, sorry, what? And us being like, it's it's a, it's Cosette about Marius. <laughs> and everyone was like, okay. It, that lyric was taking place in a garden. Um, <laughs> but he's telling the dad, so this isn't like it at all. But this part is exactly <laughs> like it. Okay, and this bit is also like it. <laughs> <laughs> but this bit... Daddy would never say yes. So, <laughs> but Romeo and Juliet, yes. <laughs> uh, this is Stevie. She, they pronouns, primary researcher. Yeah, I think that we were delightful. <laughs> Only two people in that room knew that song, so we were just giving something for the other, what, eight of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to really yeah, mull yeah. over. <laughs> something to think about. Add some class to the establishment, you know? <laughs> Is it speaking of class? Are you, what are you wearing, Nemo? Oh, <laughs> the opposite yeah. Of class. <laughs> My lingerie. I mean, uh, the all black outfit, definitely, that you told me to wear. Yeah, as long as it's all black lingerie, it's fine. <laughs> I did um, put on my wife's black jumper. And when I came into the kitchen, she was like, oh, yeah, you do look um, different when you wear black. It's like, like even more of a dying Victorian child than usual. It's like, <laughs> yes, that is what I was thinking. <laughs> it's very true, unfortunately. <laughs> I do a great vampire aesthetic, I guess. Yeah, well, more like the victim of a vampire <laughs> who's had every every drop of blood sucked out of them. And and the same could be said about you, Nemo, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the all black clothing that I'm definitely wearing because I changed clothes when you said that I should. Mm-hmm. Um, You're going to feel so really... stupid if you haven't when we get to the set stuff. <laughs> That's true. Well, I can... Re- well, no, I mean, it won't be retroactive because I'm wearing it, but I can put on my um, wrist support, which is all black, and it will make it look like I'm wearing a black armband, you know? Yeah, when that's enough. Die. Yeah, yeah, I'll accept okay. that. <laughs> yeah, and we need to bring this energy down. <laughs> Okay, sorry, no more, and that's it, five minutes of humour, uh-huh. uh, 55 minutes of um, sombre. Oh, it's going to be so hard. <laughs> okay, the grandeurs of despair, so I'm feeling grandiose in my despair outfit. What would you call, God, my brain is not fully recovered from the flu that I had, <laughs> so great energy to bring. In our grandeurs of despair core outfit. Yeah. Ready for despair. The flag. Despair. (laughs) Still no sign of anything coming. It's 10 o'clock. Enjolas and Combefer sat down with their rifles in hand close to the gap in the main barricade. And they're trying to listen for any sounds. When suddenly in the midst of that ominous calm was distinctly heard a cheerful young voice. (laughs) <laughs> singing a popular old tune Eau Claire de la Lune but I don't know that one so I will not be performing it sadly even though we just had a karaoke weekend isn't Claire de Lune the one that's used in like all the films oh is it the one in every anime um it's like <laughs> Debussy <laughs> sounds like Debussy <laughs> <clears throat> uh dun 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 <laughs> No. Okay, it's like a very like piano. It's used all the time in everything. Uh huh. Your headphones are in, which means I can't hear the music. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine this to the tune of Claire de la Lune. Mm. My nose is a dripping. True, my dear friend Bogard. Let me tell your gandams something they should know. 
dressed in a navy greatcoat and feathered chacot, here comes the outer city. Cococorico. The cockerel crowing in French is cockerico. Okay, cool. And gendarmes are the the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Great. I don't know Great who Pogba is, so. It was very lyrical. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really felt the um, the classical piano, yeah. the yeah. Like, highs and lows coming from that, mm-hmm. yeah. And Enjolas and Cobbefer shake hands. That's Gavroche, said Enjolas. He's giving us a warning, said Cobbefer. Mm-hmm. They can hear running footsteps coming down the deserted street. And an individual more agile than a, than a clown was seen climbing over the omnibus. And it's Gavroche saying, my gun, they're here. It's like an electric shiver goes over the, through the whole barricade and you can hear everyone mm. grabbing for their guns. And Enjolras is like, do you want my rifle? I want the big gun, says Gavroche. And he took Javert's rifle. Oh my God. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the lookouts who were, I guess, down the street that Gavroche went looking down, they come running behind him, but no one's as fast as this Gavroche. The mm. sentries that were placed... Uh, on another street aren't coming back, which means that there's nothing coming from that direction. So we're just worried about one frontal direction. Mm. Everyone takes a position ready for action. There's 43 insurgents, including the lads and Gavroche. Mm. Their heads level with the top of the barrier, aiming their rifles, alert, silent, ready to fire. There's another six commanded by Fuley who was positioned at the window of Corinth's two upper stories with their guns aimed. And then in the distance, you can just hear this regular thudding that is very faint at first and then becomes clearer and then heavy and reverberating, approaching slowly, ceaseless, mm. uninterrupted, just this terrible continuousness. Mm. So you kind of get the idea that this there's a tremendous throng coming. Mm. But also it's like the idea of a ghost. It's just like so monotonous mm. and coming through the dark that it's 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 like marble soldiers or something are coming towards them more than, than anything human. The statue of Legion on the march, the breathing of men, of many men at the end of the street seem to be audible, but you can still see nothing except these tiny glints metallic metallic lines as fine as needles in the dark mm. and they're the bayonets and the gun barrels lit really faintly from the um the torchlight which we know is red as well so it's like yeah <laughs> this is that's way, really cool that's good imagery that's way spookier than anything i remember in the in the movie yeah, literally, they just kind of show up and then they're like at the end of the the alleyway and it's like full daylight yeah. and it's like, okay. <laughs> and that's the part in the fucking t- 2012 movie? Mm. Where like they couldn't just have, here is the lighting for these scenes. It's like a different lighting <laughs> every time they do a back and forth from the front yeah. and back of the barricade. So it's like almost sitcom lighting yeah. on these soldiers. Well, they are remastering it, so maybe they've uh, done oh a colour grade as well. Are they like, we need another for your consideration for the Oscars, and if we butts <laughs> yeah. with some stuff that technically lets us do that? I'm sure that's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> there's a pause on both sides, as if everyone is waiting, and until there's suddenly a voice shouting in the dark that's almost more sinister because you can't see it. So it's like the dark is speaking to the barricade boys. Who goes there? <laughs> And then you can hear the clatter of guns being ready. Enjolras replied in a proud, ringing voice, The French Revolution! Hell yeah. Fire! cried the voice. (laughs) And everyone fires. All the soldiers are firing at once. So it's like this giant crimson, like, I don't know, ball? Just Hmm. as if the door of a furnace has opened and quickly closed again. So it's just like this huge blast. Over yes, the barricade. definitely furnace and not Kamehameha like I thought. <laughs> not what? Kamehameha from Dragon Ball. It's, you know, <laughs> when he, Goku, he, he does, does his, his big special move. <laughs> fireball. Yeah. Okay, fine. Not a, not a, not a Dragon Ball enjoyer then. That's fine. I, I actually did watch Dragon Ball when it was on TV on like Fox Kids or Jetix mm. when mm. I was like five. 
And I watched that thing every week. And every week <laughs> it would finish and I'd be like, uh-huh. Couldn't tell you what just happened. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think that I is just know. what Dark Ball is. I don't know the name of any of the moves. I only remember his son turning into a monkey. We usually so like one to one on things that it, it did make me feel quite like oh <laughs> that you didn't know my dragon ball reference i'm sorry i was like i'm really sure that's not quite right to be the um, indiana jones thing so i'm gonna need further clarity <laughs> anyway i don't care it's not like i'm hurt by this so yeah we can just carry on just is that why you needed me to be wearing all black cause... this is actually what you're mourning <laughs> yeah and how stupid do you feel now? <laughs> Not in black. <laughs> it takes down the red flag, and we know that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Not the imagery. Not the mm-hmm. metaphors. Mm-hmm. Bullets are ricocheting, and some of them are striking inside the barricade and wounded several men. The attack was ruthless, of a kind to pause even the boldest. Comrades, shouted Kuparek, let's not waste our powder. Let's wait until they're on the street before we return fire. And first of all, said Androlis, let us raise the flag again. Mm-hmm. Picks up the flag. Mm-hmm. You can hear the sound of cleaning rods and guns, so that's the troops reloading their weapons. And Androlis is like, who here has the courage? Mm-hmm. Who's going to set up the flag on the barricade again? And who could it be? Just fucking, like, tumbleweeds. Even Androlis mm-hmm. is, like, shuddering. Is mm. no one going to volunteer, lads, boys? <laughs> and I had somehow forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why we're really in blacks. <sighs> Since they arrived at the Corinth, hardly any further notice had been taken of Herr Mabuff, and I was like, Ah, God! Yet Monsieur Mabuff has not been has not left the gathering. Mm-hmm. He's been sat behind the counter. And seemed to have turned in on himself in self-obliteration. Hell yeah. (laughs) And, like, Kufarek and others have actually tried speaking to him and been like, oh, you know, it's going to get dangerous. Like, I really think you should go home. It's not going to be good. But he doesn't appear to hear anyone. And when he's not being spoken to, his mouth is moving, like he's replying to someone. But the second you speak to him, he stops. So, Mm -hmm. some... Someone's home, but not quite. He's been sat for the last couple hours, with his hands on his knees and his head thrust forward as though he's looking over a precipice. It was as if his mind was not inside the barricade. When everyone had taken up position, he's still like, <laughs> I don't know, fully disassociated. <laughs> it's just him in the in the uh, the current still. One insurgent with a sword dra- drawn because <laughs> Javert is still tied to a pillar as well. How could I forget that? <laughs> so it's just Javert tied to pillar. One boy stood watch over him and an old man in a corner like, Bleh. My dream. <laughs> but when the blast comes, it's like a physical shock has gone through him and he rose abruptly just as Anjolis was like, Is the lads... The flag? Volunteer? Mm. And when he emerges from the current, there's a shout going up. It's like, it's the voter, it's the member of the convention, it's the representative of the people. Because no one except Kufarek knows who this old man is. So if you remember, there was like a lot of like, ooh, who's this guy? When they were marching out here. Mm. He goes straight up to Anjolas. Everyone was passing the way for him in a kind of religious awe. Snatches the flag from him. Angelus falls back paralyzed. <laughs> and no one dares stop or help this old man over 80, shaking but firm footed as he ascends the cobblestone set into the barricade. Yeah. So solemn and so noble was this that all around him cried, Bravo! 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 Rising out of the darkness, magnified in the blood red light of the torch. White hair, age-worn face, broad brow, bold and wrinkled, sunken-eyed, old arm holding high the red banner. It might have been the spectre of 93 emerging from the earth, holding the flag of the terror in his hand. Mm-hmm. He reaches the top step, this trembling and fearsome phantom, standing on that pile of rubble in front of 1,200 invisible guns, as if he were mightier than, than all of that. 
The whole barricade assumed in the darkness a colossal supernatural appearance. There was one of those silences that only occurs in the presence of marvels. Mm. And the same voice... Oh no, it's his voice! In the midst of the silence, the old man waved the red flag and shouted, Long live the revolution! Long live the republic! Fraternity, equality, and death! Yes. And there's this like faint little... like coming from the side of the soldiers and it's probably the police official giving some legal advice like oh my god how the fuck do we deal with this situation what is happening <laughs> and then the the voice from before is like who goes there remove yourself emma buff is pale and drawn his eyes lit up with a woeful glint of frenzy raised the flag above his head and repeated long live the republic fire cried the voice and there's a second volley <laughs> the old man sagged to his knees rose again dropped the flag toppled onto the street like a stone flat on his back arms outstretched crucifix like pale and sad his old face seemed to be gazing up at the sky as a blood puddle spreads beneath him and one of those emotions greater than man causing a person to forget even to defend himself, overcame the insurgents, and they approached the body with appalled respectfulness. How, how, how are you feeling? <laughs> His death was so... Like, he fucking did it. Yeah. So, I'm, like, actually the same as all these boys at the barricade, just in, like, a kind of awe of my birth. Bravo, bravo, bravo! But, but I'm, like... Th- this scene was so... Well stage managed Victor Hugo, like it was set so beautifully, it's such a like bold image. Mm. It just would like it would fuck so hard. Like Yeah. The red light, barely the shapes on the other side, just the glints of bayonets, like this whole thing. That I'm like, where the fuck is this scene in <laughs> yeah. anything that I've watched? I know I've only yeah. seen a couple versions, but like Ugh. He deserves to be immortalized because he. I'm very sad to see him go, but this was like a really. He did have a very glorious death, I guess. He did. Much better than. Um, uh, well, not much better. Different to how you wrote him. <laughs> much better than my death for him. <laughs> uh, at oh. least he got to do something. <laughs> he got to be real cool. Yeah. This does mean I was correct about the first death. In Hugo's death note. Yes. Yes, you, you were correct about the first death. Um, which, kind of, <laughs> not surprising, but also uh, one point for for Stevie. Yeah. And it's only now Kufrex leaning towards Androlis's ear is like, oh, um, something only you need to know. I don't want to dampen anyone's enthusiasm, but that man <laughs> like wasn't a regicide. He wasn't like what anyone thinks he was. I knew him. He was called Permabuff. I don't know what got into him today, but he was a decent old buffer. Just look at his face. Yeah. The face of an old buffer, the courage of Brutus, said Enjolas. I was like, citizens, this is an example the old give to the young. We hesitated and he presented himself. Mm. This is an elder is a hero to his country. He had a long life and a magnificent death. We must protect his body. Let's eat, let each of us defend this <laughs> old man. Let's eat it. <laughs> Uh, let each of us defend this old man in death as he would have his own living father and may his presence among us make the barricade impregnable. Uh, yeah, and everyone's like, yeah. So they like carefully re- handle the corpse with tender care as if afraid of hurting it, mm. move his body aside and remove the- his coat and Anjolas with their... Uh, coat with the bloodied holes in it is like this is now our flag <laughs> mm-hmm. the old man flag <laughs> very us core of them I know. <laughs> so yeah we're all very sad aren't we yes very sad that's the primary emotion i'm feeling and i'm not repressing it at all <laughs> because of how funny i find it that he died oh <laughs> <laughs> I've also been like saving up these illustrations to send to you for oh a long time. Oh my god, so. is that what was beeping on the laptop? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look. Just my collection of old men photos to send you. Oh my god. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all like at the barricade and I-, I wanted to send them to you when I found them before, but mm. it kind of 
kind of spoils that he's like <laughs> front and center at the barricade. He really is. <laughs> he's right there in oh, shooting zone. He did it for the people. Yeah. God, that first one, he looks so old. Who's that on I his... Guess... Who's that? Which one do we think is in the the top hat next to him? Yeah, he's very... He looks kind of like Javert, right? Because he's yeah. got the mountain chops. I feel like it's like death walking next to him. Yeah, that's interesting. Because technically it should be like Andras, right? Like, no. But that's definitely not a fresh, rosy-faced uh, no. boy. That's... um. That is a mutton chops uh, police officer. Yeah, if I've ever seen one. Mm. Well, maybe it is because everyone else has their guns up and over their shoulders, but but that guy's got like a walking stick or a cane or something. Mm. He's, He's not one of the people. He's got loads of rings and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely not. <laughs> oh, my buff. Wow, that's a wrap on my buff. He he he. Polite clap as he leaves the stage. Bravo, bravo. Bravo. So, Gavroche would have done better. To accept Angelus' rifle, and I was like, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> a long black shawl belonging to Hushalop's widow was thrown over Pemabuff. Mm. Six men made a litter of their rifles and laid the body on it and carried that mm. with, like, very solemnly into the downstairs room of the tavern. And I was like, that's very nice, but I'm sure we're about to really need every rifle. <laughs> So, I guess it's a temporary one, not like. I don't know a... about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Unless Hugo, Hugo, better mention them grabbing them again. Otherwise, I'm going to assume they're like. I'm sure it's fine. We won't need these. Yeah, definitely not like number one priority on the barricade. Uh-huh. <laughs> when the no, like you know, this is like real somber, and everyone's like, "Yeah, the spirit of this old man is like making mm-hmm. making us all feel some kind of way. We're all really serious about this." But Ajola mm. still takes a moment. As the as um the corpse was passing by the ever impassive Javert to be like your turn before long. Meanwhile, young young Gavroche was the only one who had not left his post and remained on guard and sees men. He, that kid knows what he's about. I know. Like I was like, oh my god, it really is about to be his moment. Like it isn't, but <laughs> spoilers. But I was like, oh god, this whole time. Two for one. <laughs> um. So he sees this and he's like, watch out, Kufarek, Ojolas, Jean Provier, Combefer, Jolie, Bahorel, Busway. That's like all the boys except for Grantaire and Fouli. That's almost mm. all the boys. Mm. Thundering out of the tavern. It was almost too late. They see the glinting ranks of bayonets swing above the barricade. Did I stop marking things on this page? I was just so lost in the story. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, you heard it here first. Stevie likes Loomis. I think I actually accidentally... Uh, okay, this makes something make a lot more sense. I didn't read these two pages. I accidentally <laughs> just like the page must have stuck together right straight onto the pages after this because then I started marking again <laughs> and went quite <laughs> far in. So I'm like, no wonder I thought that I got through this really fast. Oh my god. Mm. Okay, we're all in it together. The bayonets above the barricade. So they're trying to infiltrate and climb over. This is a critical moment. <laughs> my brain stuck straight onto the word dyke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was that dreadful first minute of flooding when the river level rises, and that's why you're keeping an eye on the dykes. Not for any mm. personal reasons. No, 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 no. Another second and the barricade would have ta- been taken. So, like, once again, like, thank fucking God Gavroche is, like, the only one doing his job, I guess. Yeah. Baharel rushes in. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking kills the guy. Point blank yeah. range. It's Bahara with the steel chair. Oh no! <gasps> I, I got my death list so wrong. I mean, I didn't read this page, so I didn't know I should have been mourning even more. <laughs> the second kill Bahara! <laughs> yeah. What? Sure is. Another had already brought down Kufarak? No. <laughs> no. Oh no, Stevie. <laughs> What two pages to get stuck together? <laughs> I thought that you knew. Oh my god! I was preparing for other people's deaths who are about to come. Oh my, oh my god. god! Is Kufrek dead? 
Oh my god, and he was crying help as he went down. The tallest of all came at Gavroche with the bayonet fixed. The gamin took Javert's enormous gun, levelled it at the giant and pulled the trigger. Nothing happened! Oh my god, Javert, for fuck's sake, he hadn't reloaded his gun. Ah! <laughs> 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 uh, but before the bayonet touched Gavroche, the gun slipped because he'd been shot by a bullet. Okay, good. Second bullet hit the other guardsman, the one who attacked Kufarek, right in the chest. It was fucking Marius. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, I need to update to the death list. Yeah. Oh, really wrong. You did say, though, at one point that Bahorel was going to tank and that always gets (gasps) someone killed. Yeah. So you were right. He did rush in. Do I get a half point for correct characterization? Yeah, you are, do. are you writing down the real kill list, or should I? Write? I already have the real kill okay. list. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh my god! I can't believe. No, is Kufrek actually dead? No. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> so next, the powder keg. Oh my god! I can't believe that I've lost these two pages. Fucking yeah. Okay. Still hidden at the corner. <laughs> Shivering was Marius, <laughs> witnessing the first phase of fighting. I wish it was you, Marius. <laughs> if he'd any, if he had any balls, when Andra said, "Hey, does anyone want to put this red flag up on the barricades?" You know who has just had a huge character arc where oh he's decided that he's God. gonna like stand with his brothers. You know who should have been up there, Marius. He he literally he waited. For the death of Mabuf, and then yeah. Baharol being killed, and then Kufarek shouting help. Yeah. And then the child threatened. Yeah. Now he's like, okay, now my hesitations have vanished. Yeah. And he goes into the fray with two pistols in hand. Oh, he did save Kufarek. Wow, you're really getting my like live reactions to the story <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, okay, Marius, fine. Like, I'm glad you were here. His first shot had saved Gavrash, and the second he saved Kufarek. Besiegers scaling the fortification. God, they're all coming in at them. <laughs> Covered more than two-thirds of the barrier, but they didn't d- jump down to take the enclosure, as if they were wavering, afraid of some trap. Now Marius has no weapon, I guess... Oh yeah, God, it takes so long to, to sort your guns out, ye old-timey guns. Yeah. But he's noticed a powder keg in the bar room by the door. Mm-hmm. This makes so much make well, make it makes the story make a lot more sense. And I was like, well, I guess this happened off screen. Um, so as he's turning away to go for this powder keg, a soldier aims at him, but a hand was laid over the end of the gun to block it. Um, mm. Someone had darted forward. A young worker in fustian trousers i would have been way less shocked that this event happened if i had read this page (laughs) (laughs) the shot went was fired and went through the hand perhaps the worker too wow but it also like gets rid of any like there's no foreshadowing it just happened Mm, mm. perhaps if it was just the shot was fired you'd be like oh but hugo said perhaps it also went through the worker so Mm. but the bullet didn't hit marius this was all shrouded in smoke, so, like, atmospheric, atmospheric. Marius is running into the bar room, scarcely noticed. He'd vaguely seen that someone had aimed at him and that a hand had gotten in the way, but, like, mm. there's all, everything's moving so fast, and you stop for nothing. Enjolras is like, wait, don't fire at random! Like, there's a lot of confusion going on right now, especially with all this smoke. The most determined Enjolras, Kufarek, Jean Fauvier, Combefer, so Kufrek is fine. Um, they've taken up the exposed position where they're backs to the houses, facing all of these soldiers and guards at the crest of the barricade. Mm. Both sides have their weapons leveled at each other, point blank. And an officer wearing large epaulets and the sword. Oh, I think this is the soldier that we're like, would it have been more meaningful for the person like leading this charge mm. to have been... Um, uh, Albert? Alfred? Alfred? Marius' cousin? Surely not Pennywise. (laughs) (laughs) Theodore? Theodore, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marius' cousin? Mm. Yeah. Well, so we can imagine. And he's like, lay down your arms. And Charles is like, fucking fire! (laughs) (laughs) The volleys are going off. Everything's, like, there's even more smoke. Acrid and suffocating. And the wounded are crawling and weak. And there's muffled groans. Mm. 
the smoke begins to clear and there's fewer people in number standing around but like reloading their weapons until there's a voice like thunder get back or I'll blow up the barricade (laughs) what the fuck did I think was going on yeah you you went from like (laughs) Mabuf like dying and then everyone's like okay we'll carry him inside and then Marius just like gets up on the barricade and is like I'm just gonna fucking blow it well it almost makes sense because the last I saw was all of the lads thundering out of the tavern when Garros shouted watch out Mm. and I've Guess I thought he was shouting, watch out, to now we've caught back up to where I was reading. Marius, having collected this barrel, this powder keg, <laughs> taking advantage of the smoke, to, to having crept up to the barricade, had pulled the torch out, put the powder keg in. It had taken Marius no more time than it takes to bend down and stand up again. And all the guardsmen and soldiers who are all huddled at the end of the barricade are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Gavrosh is like, oh, he went zero to 100 real quickly. Yeah. So it kind of made a little bit of sense to me. Yeah, he's like, get back or I'll blow up the barricade. (laughs) I did write, what the fuck? So I guess I fully, like, it made some sense, but I thought it was just happening really even more suddenly than it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I didn't realise everyone had the soldiers had got onto the barricade. I was like, oh my god, he's threatening Mm -hmm. to blow up his own barricade. (laughs) Yeah. And the the sergeant's like, blow up the barricade with yourself on it. And Maris is like, yeah, bitch, with myself on it. With myself on it. (laughs) Brings the torch closer to the powder keg. But the soldiers have fucked off like so quickly. They've completely Mm. cleared the scene. Mm. The barricade was cleared. Pretty iconic, though. Yeah, it, like, Marius does have some iconic moments here. He saved Kufarek. Fi- like, finally. That's- <laughs> Kufarek's like, oh my god, okay, it was worth, like, lending him all of my money over the years because he's finally <laughs> paid it up. Hit back. Literally this one time. <laughs> you finally came into clutch. <laughs> so, this uh, was an ominous title. The end of Jean Prouvier's verses. Mm. So, everyone gathers around Marius. Kufret flung his arm around his neck. Yeah, no, like, I was like, this, he, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. What luck, said Cumberfair, who, like, I was imagining being like, oh, what luck. But Marius did just save his boyfriend, so, like, maybe yeah, he's yeah. more enthused. And I was just imagining him, like, Oh, and okay, and you're here. <laughs> yeah, friendship ended with hating Marius. Now Marius yeah. is my best friend. Yeah, and Kufrek's like, I'd have been dead if it weren't for you. I just thought he meant like all of them would be dead, but like he did mm. mean personally me, Kufrek, would have actually been dead. <laughs> Marius is like, who's in charge? You are, says I'm sure. <laughs> No! In what world? This is the most, like, Victor Hugo, uh, this is your OC now, okay? You're just being silly, are you? Just being silly. Yeah, Enjolas, can't you see that, yes, he's a very useful loose cannon, but the kind of loose (laughs) cannon you want to, like, aim at the enemy, while (laughs) you, who knows what we're fighting for, and if you made it out of this, could, like, fight for the ideals. Yeah, it's very like um, Isekai'd main character like uh-huh. arrives in a world and is just a teenage boy from Japan, and everyone's like, "Oh, so knowledgeable! You're the leader of the revolution now!" <laughs> oh my god, we need to do that version as well. <gasps> That's why he suddenly like is willing to stand for things because <laughs> he got replaced. <laughs> he got replaced literally at that moment. Like, at the moment when Marius was, like, spinning out, like, oh, I don't know, and, like, I'm, well, because that just wants me to die, though, so, like, fuck this, and then gets izakai'd by, like, some Japanese teenage boy, or even better, some Japanese teenage girl is inside of there who's like, what? I, but I'm so grateful for, like, the love of a beautiful woman, I've got to fucking survive this and, like, treat her right. She doesn't know how to be treated right. Tonight, the role of Marius will be played (laughs) by Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm in charge of the revolution now. Yeah, yeah. All day long, Marius's mind had been a furnace. (laughs) Now it was a whirlwind. He fell already at an immense distance from his life, so he he actually is, like, disassociating, but in a different way than he was doing earlier. Yeah. 
but he is fully like this isn't even real so like i guess well it's that isekai like it's just yeah. canonically yeah like a lot has happened he's been on that frightful precipice Cosette lost to him. This barricade? Monsieur Mabeuf getting himself killed for the Republic? Himself, the leader of the insurgents? All this seemed to him to be a dreadful nightmare. Yeah, for many of us. (laughs) (laughs) Marius had not lived long enough to know that nothing is more imminent than the impossible. And that what you should, Victor Hugo, life advice. You should always expect the unexpected. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Hugo. Did um did did you feel that way, Hugo, when you were voted into the to Parliament and then <laughs> manfully <sighs> stepped down? <laughs> he watched the drama of his own life like someone watching a play he cannot follow. So <laughs> he's being isekai'd, but the original Marius is like. As he's slipping into the ether, he is watching these scenes. And that's why he feels like he's watching the drama of his life. He is no longer yeah. the main character. Yeah, yeah. His mind is in a haze, so he didn't even recognize Javert. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Watch the rebellion seething around him with the resignation of a martyr and the majesty of a judge. That's Javert. That's how he's Correct. watching it. Oh, okay. But Marius didn't even seem to notice him. The disrespect... Yeah, of all the egregious things. (laughs) Of all the things that have happened. Didn't even notice Javert. That's the worst. God, can you imagine? We can recognise him in an illustration (laughs) of another old man. We can pinpoint clarity. (laughs) You've got to be disassociating pretty hard not to notice (laughs) that man. (laughs) Meanwhile, the besiegers were staying put. So the soldiers of the besiegers. So they're Mm -hmm. back because they're like, oh my god, this guy's fucking insane. Like, anything could happen. Mm. But you can hear them milling about at the end of the street, but they didn't want to venture into the street. Maybe they're waiting for reinforcements. Who knows? The insurgents posted sentries, and some of the medical students are treating the wounded. We've got one medical student who Mm. is... You can do it. Jolie! Yeah! So let's assume he is doing some wound treating. That is exactly what you said in your death note. Did I? Uh, that he's going to be doing some wound treating. <gasps> oh my god, yeah, past me. <laughs> <laughs> and so inside the pub, the bar, what would you, the cafe? What is the current? She kind of does it uh, all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to say cafe, but I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. <laughs> well, the Corinth who can do it all. Yeah. There's two tables, one reserved for bandages and cartridges, and the other one for permabuff. Mm-hmm. The rest of the tables have been brought up and added to the barricade. Mm. And the mattresses from inside are being used for the wounded. As for mm. those three poor creatures who lived in the Corinth, no one knew what became of them. However, they were eventually found hiding in the cellar. So, yay! Oh, well, nobody else could hide in there, I guess. Well, everyone else is go- going for glorious revolution. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Glad to know they're going to make it. Yeah. Just with not a drop of property intact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One distressing realization was cast a pall over the joy of the barricade, though. Mm. Roll call was taken and someone's missing. <laughs> Who was it? One of those held most dear. One of the most valiant. Jean Prouvier. Mm. They looked for him among the wounded. He was not there. They looked for him among the dead. He was not there. Clearly, he had been taken prisoner. Combefer goes to Androlas is like, they have our friend, but we have their agent. Do you set great store by the spy's death? Androlas is like, Mm. yeah. But not as much as by Jean Prouvier's life. So they're like, yeah. "Uh." And just in case, like me, uh, I had to look up which one was Jean Prouvier, and that's Jehan. (laughs) Yes. So they go to the pillar that Javert's tied up to and Cobberfair's like, right, okay, I'm going to tie a handkerchief to my cane as a flag of truce and we'll go in and offer an exchange, our man for theirs. But Andrew's like, oh, listen. And there comes an ominous clatter of firearms at the end of the street. They heard a voice cry out, long live France, long live the future. It was Prouvier's voice. A flash of light and a blast of gunfire. Silence. They've killed him, cried Cobberfair. Andrelas looked at Javert and said, your friends have just shot you. Yeah. 
On my original list, I had yeah. Johan very high up, the death. You did. But then I changed it. You did. So. Technically, you would have been right if you'd kept it. I know. Because he was third on your first list. He was. I should have, you should have assigned points to each number so I can still get in a collection of points. <laughs> Cause I ah oh, I would have been I would have been real close oh because you would have after the agony of life the agony of death we're, we're marching through these fucking deaths I told mm-hmm. Sarah when I walked in in my all black outfit I was like we've reached the deaths and they missed <laughs> she was like did you not already <laughs> it's taken a while but it's really happening so much. <laughs> Yeah. And when they start happening, it's like, oh, here's five of them just in front of you. All right. Yeah, at least I, like, like you got to live me thinking that fucking Kufarak was killed right in front of me (laughs) as the second death. So, like, at least I'm like, wow, it could be worse. I didn't know how much worse I would have thought it was going to be. So, characteristic of this type of warfare is that any attack on the barricade is almost always frontal because, you know, maybe those they don't want to be ambushed or you know there's a you don't want to get caught up in the maze of streets because mm. that's what Paris is like so attention is pretty much only focused on a main barricade straight ahead so i guess mm. that they felt safe you know we've got main barricade then we've got like mini barricade off to the side and no one's really wait watching there but marius is like oh yeah okay um i'm going to go to that small barricade i think that's where he was spinning out wasn't it mm Deserted, guarded only by the candle flickering on the cobblestones. As Marius turns to go after making his inspection, because he's in charge now, I guess, mm-hmm. he hears yeah. his name uttered feebly in the darkness. Marius! Marius. <laughs> Your one was good. <laughs> he was startled. He recognised that voice from calling to him two hours earlier from Rupert May. Only now this voice mm-hmm. was a mere whisper. He looks around and was like, uh. 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 Mr. Marius repeated the voice. This time there's no doubt. Mm. But he looks around and sees nothing. At your feet, said the voice. <laughs> <laughs> he stoops and in the darkness a figure drags itself oh crawling God. on the ground. Babe. Torn, fusty in trousers, bare feet, and something that looked like a pool of blood. <laughs> just looked like it was just grape juice it just, it just looked fine. like it yeah it was just uh grunt dropped some wine earlier which yeah, fine yeah yeah you don't recognize me no eponine oh eponine mary struck down at once it was indeed that poor child she was dressed as a man mm-hmm. what are you doing here eponine i'm dying <laughs> oh, like it's so sad but that would it would be so easy to make comical <laughs> yeah and Marius cried out as if jolted you're wounded uh, I'll carry inside they'll, they'll look after you is it serious um, how are you injured help god why have you come here how do I pick you up to not hurt you and I was like fucking finally some care and respect yeah he tries to lift her up but she feebly cries like oh god did i hurt you but i only touched her hand what happened to it a bullet went through it how <laughs> did you not see a gun aimed at you oh my god <laughs> yes and a hand blocked it that was my hand oh my god uh you're too good for him the bullet did go through the hand and came out through her back she's yeah. like there's no point moving me I'll tell you how you can treat me better than any surgeon. Sit down beside me. He does so, and she lays her head in his lap. I was like, oh, that's lovely. How good it feels. There, I'm not in any pain anymore. You know, Marius, it annoyed me that you went into the garden, which was stupid since I was the one who showed you the house. I'm I'm glad that she's like, I'm going to die, so let me fucking, like, get you a little bit first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with a heart-rendering smile, I was like, you found me ugly, didn't you? You're doomed, you see. No one will leave the barricade now. I was the one who brought you here. You're going to die. I'm certainly counting on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking get him. Yeah. Oh, the ultimate tragedy, though. Yeah. And yet, when I saw you being aimed at, I put my hand over the mouth of the gun. That's so strange. 
but that's because I wanted to die before you. I was hit by that bullet and I dragged myself here. No one saw me, no one picked me up. I was waiting for you. I said, won't he ever come? Oh, she was in so much pain. She was having to chew through her overall to keep herself quiet through it. Oh my god. Like, oh, but remember that day when we fir- I first met you along by the washerwoman? The birds were singing. That was a long time ago. You gave me five francs and I told you I don't want your money. Did you pick up your coin? I hope you did. You're not rich. I, I forgot to tell you to pick it back up. The sun was shining so brightly. It wasn't cold. Do you remember, Mar- Monsieur Marius? I'm so happy. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. <laughs> Just then, this young cock sparrow Gavroche's voice uh, rings out from inside the barricade. <laughs> Every time Gavroche is in a scene now, you're just like, no, go, <laughs> go inside. <laughs> the sight of Lafayette causes great upset. Gendarmes run, 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 run. And Epony raised herself and was like, that's him. My brother's here. He mustn't see me. He'd scold me. Your brother, said Marius, who was thinking of the bitterest, most heartfelt grief about the obligations towards the Tarnadiers that his father had bequeathed to him. Mm. Who's your brother? The little boy? The one singing? And he goes to get up and she's like, no, it won't be long now. Don't go. Uh, She brings her face as close as she could to Marius's. Like, Listen, I don't want to deceive you. I've got a letter in my pocket for you. Since yesterday. I was meant to give it to you, but I didn't want it to reach you. But perhaps you'll be cross with me because of that when we meet again before long. People do meet again, don't they? Take your letter. She grabs his hand with her wounded hand, but doesn't seem to notice the pain anymore. And makes sure he takes the letter from her pocket. Now promise me in return. What? said Marius. Promise me! I promise. Promise to kiss me on the forehead when I'm dead. I shall feel it. Mm. And then she goes so still that he's sure that she's fallen asleep forever when she opens her eyes where the dark depths of death appeared and said to him in a tone oh such tenderness and then you see monsieur marius i think i was a little in love with you she tried to (laughs) smile and died it's a good final line Uh, but i actually hadn't like um that bit where Marius is like he thought about with the most bitter resentment about his blah 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 to the Tenardiers. So it's like, oh right, like he does have a little bit of that kind of closure here. Well not closure, but like he has a realization that he doesn't have to care about helping the other Tenardiers. He mm. can help these Tenardiers, which gets a little bit lost, I think. Yeah. When you kind of don't set up uh, both Eponine and Gavroche as being siblings or autonadies but uh fanny could have helped them sooner yeah just a little bit oh bittersweet well just yeah. bitter eponine's one is harder to repress <laughs> <laughs> i love Baharel. i think he's one of my favorite characters and obviously mabuf i find funny because you were so attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> and Jahan, i'm like oh his, his death is quite a, a cool one but yeah, Eponine's is like, that's some tragedy right there. Yeah. So I heard Eponine is death two, but is actually death four. Yeah. Oh, my next guest is Gavroche. Sure is. But they are falling like flies. It could be anyone. <laughs> I thought I was going to really thought Kuperak was going to fucking beef it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really in the plot, like... That was a fair few chapters, but when it's all going on, you are just like, another one! Yeah. Even having thought that I uh, didn't read two pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sad times. I guess we'll be wearing uh, black for the foreseeable. Just It's just better yeah. to be prepared for death, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You might even get one taking you by surprise. Oh, taken by surprise. Okay, someone I didn't think was going to die this early. <laughs> well, clearly I didn't think that... I didn't have Baharel. I had Baharel closer to the beginning of the pack than the end, but didn't expect it this soon, and he didn't was expect Jahan. Sixth or eighth? Yeah, I should have had him earlier because I was looking at I was looking at my cheat sheet of things about each boy instead of my death uh-huh. list, and I had Jahan uh-huh. as like number two. So I was like, yeah, of course, the poet boy. That seems correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't put him. <laughs> on the death counter very early. 
Yeah. Well, there'll be no more meadows. <laughs> no more meadows. No more. Good humour, brazen brawlers. Yeah. Oh, Eponine. I knew she'd be near the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate how he's. She's just characterization for him. <laughs> for the leader of the barricades. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that so much. It's like literally the worst thing about this novel is that, like, Marion shows up and Andres is like, oh, yes, you're the leader now. It's like, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> After everything you did and worked towards, you're just going to. Because you're like, in, in, if I'm Jolas, that she just like slipped out the back. Yeah. It would be funny. It'd be like, he'd be like, oh, actually, <laughs> oh, that's not. Uh, clearly, we're about to lose. So, like, you're in charge, Marius. <laughs> um, everyone, look at Marius now. And then just like slipped away. But like, that's not on Jolas. <laughs> yeah. That's a very Tanadier move. <laughs> yeah. Like, that mm. would make it make more sense to me, though. Yeah. Yeah. It would. It would. It's very, um, it's so like Victor Hugo being like, anyway, he's my main character, so he's going to be the leader now. But he doesn't have any skills. Or ab- <laughs> he failed upwards. Marius is like the ultimate bourgeois. He fails into the leadership of the revolution, yeah. even though he hasn't attended any meetings. Nobody gives shit about him. He has no like politics. Like, how does Andras know that Marius has had this this change of heart? Apart from the fact that he's arrived here. Ugh. And is ready to blow himself up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, definitely sound of mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 100%. You did uh, say you were like, you'd mentioned something yeah. about a powder keg. <laughs> yeah. And how mad it made you. So when yeah. I saw the keg, I was like, ah, yes, I see why. <laughs> <laughs> Although I didn't see how he got a hold of it. I, I really was just like, yeah, I guess he did that off screen. <laughs> and Victor Hugo doesn't need me to see every moment of everything that happens. Yeah. And it I respect him for that choice. Else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll make sure going forward to definitely not accidentally <laughs> skip any pages. Because who knows what 20 people will die on them. Yeah. We might never have known that Baharel died. I didn't! <laughs> <laughs> Baharel, I'm sorry. Oh. Justice for Baharel. That's my consistent thoughts about him, but um, <laughs> oh. specifically for today. <laughs> oh. Well, you got to look at the silver linings. And yeah. if they're all going to die soon, that means I will have <laughs> access to the fanfics again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and this time I'll care about them. Yeah, and also if they all die soon, then Eponine won't be lonely in heaven. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you... You do meet each other again, right? You do meet Kiss me on the forehead, because I'll feel it when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. Yeah, hers is a sad. They're, it's all sad, but that one's real sad. Okay, I do regret not wearing black for Eponine. Uh-huh. Yeah, how do you feel now? <laughs> Disrespectful. I'll wear it next week. That's very Marius coded of you. <laughs> oh, no. You don't wear the black when they die, though. You wear it after they're dead. So next week I will come in my okay. black. Okay. Yeah, I guess I read her death and I got changed immediately. <laughs> for the drama of it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, from you now didn't, on... You didn't know how many deaths I was going to scoot us through today. No, you yeah. You knew Mabuff was going to die. <laughs> yeah, I did know Mabuff was going to die. <laughs> you better be wearing at least something with a fish on it. Um, Statistically no, likely. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my jacket that makes me look like a bear. And you did say despair earlier. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and Baharal's a big bear of a yeah, brawler yeah. boy. So, okay, it's you came in coming together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Forgiveness. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can't wait to see whether next week Victor Hugo is like, anyway, that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough rapid fire plot, even though you're like riveted, you're gooped, you're gagged, but I could stop telling you the plot at any moment. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just so likely. (laughs) You never know. Don't. That is the true roller coaster of of Victor Hugo. Is that you're like at any minute I'm in an essay. (laughs) (laughs) It could be five people's deaths, or it could be an essay. (laughs) Oh, you don't know which one's gonna fill you with more despair. Despair. 
Anyway, all that to look forward to yeah. or not, question mark, <laughs> next week. So this has been Brown Barricades, a Lemos podcast. Brought to you by me, Nemo Martin, and Julian Neff. It's a Captain's Collections podcast. If you like this podcast and you're sad about any of the deaths, you can tell us which of the deaths that you find the most sad, and it's definitely not Eponine, by sending us an email, Lemos Podcast, L E S M I S podcast at gmail.com or on twitter at lamez podcast or on tumblr at bread and barricades or you can just write it into a review form just like anywhere that you write reviews on apple Podcasts, on spotify just be like yeah rip and we'll definitely know that that means about the characters and not about the podcast itself <laughs> what is it um, that you press in chat f to warn f press just f in chat. f's all around lads <laughs> If you would like to pay for uh, our wake for these characters, mm-hmm. you can donate to our Kofi or to our Patreon, which are both in the show notes. Or you can download the theme tune, which is composed by Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or onto Bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. You could also send her an F in the chat, but I feel like she would be even more confused. <laughs> and that's it. So thank you for listening to the first of our ripping Pieces <laughs> podcast i feel like well a that my i knew my brain hasn't really fully recovered from Mm. flu i don't know if that came across in the episode (laughs) but also maybe because of that i'm ready to enter my dramatic era and we should (laughs) do some sort of little sad week each week for whatever deaths i don't know what form that takes we make little straw dolls of each or yeah. the number of losses we've lost and take yeah. weird emo pictures of us burying yeah. them, question mark? I don't know. We'll workshop yeah. it. But I feel like yeah. I'm at that place. Okay. Let's take okay. this really seriously, Nima. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> and then next we can when we go to Austria, which is definitely closer to Paris than London mm. is. <laughs> yes, definitely. We can do some sort of ritualistic mm. drowning them into a river yeah there should be something ritualistic going on <laughs> i'm very much down for that something with fire perhaps for the, yes. the powder keg that is the powder keg Chekhov's mm. powder keg oh is that powder keg gonna go off you should have just done it just fucking just fucking do it like why not <laughs> you've already lost some lads and and then you could be sure that marius would actually have fucking died mm. and the anime we each episode you see all the ways in which OG Marius would have fucking died. <laughs> but the <laughs> yes. isekai Japanese girl is what I'm now leaning into. She's the one that that that's why she it was immediately so compassionate to Eponine again. Uncharacteristically, some might say. And whenever it's like you we usually do see like maybe maybe Marius's character design, the eyes are a different colour now mm. at all times, so we know it's the Isekai Japanese girl. School girl? Question yeah. mark. We'll, we can workshop the age. <laughs> but whenever it's like a really poignant emotional moment, so like this with Eponine's head in the lap, mm. then we see her as her Japanese schoolgirl self again. Mm. I, I think she has to be a 40-year-old woman. Oh! Here's my pitch, because I think that she is like uh, a sad salary office worker oh i do love that's always my favorite japanese women and it's high school girl and sad office worker Mm -hmm. and um she she's a big fan of les mis and 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 then she gets like isekai'd into it and she's like realizing that like young men have so much freedom but like also like wow none of the people around marius have any (laughs) any kind of connection with him and and is like kind of um uh, putting herself in those kind of shoes, being like, wow, if I had uh, made some effort to make connections like Marius didn't, then maybe maybe my life would be happier at 40. And then she sees Eponine die and she keeps trying to have Eponine saved, like Groundhog Day style, but eventually realises that Eponine has to die. And that's the most tragic part oh. of the story. But she can show Cosette a better life than Marius could. Yes. So yeah. that's the the bittersweet thing. Yeah. Oh, because Eponine was like, we'll see each other again, right? Maybe in like <laughs> the last death, she somehow is like 
she can remember that this has been going on and can see her as her Japanese salary woman self. I imagine it like that um that Japanese salary woman go like manages to like solve whatever it is. Marius is now with Cosette and they have a healthy relationship because Marius has learned. And then Isakai woman goes back to Japan and then she's like at work or something and then she turns a corner and she runs into Eponine and they have their meet cute. Oh, oh my god, they do see each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, sold. <laughs> That's what any Kofi money's going towards. I know we've had many dreams about things we're making, but this time. <laughs> this time it's real. We can't help that every single idea we have is a good one. 